Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, co-editor of TomahawkTake.com. Uh, with me is Alan Carpenter. Hello. And Fred. Howdy, howdy. Guys, we're rolling along in the season here, and things seem to have settled down a little bit. We got uh, the Marlins are back in action. I believe this weekend uh, we'll have, you know, if nothing else happens, we'll have all the teams uh, back in action. So that's great uh, and good news to see. Um, Especially for my fantasy team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know you had a, a rough first week in fantasy baseball. But it's been a bit of a uh, depressing week for the Braves with a, a lot of injury news. And, of course, you know, the big one is is Mike Soroka, torn Achilles and out for obviously the rest of the year and most likely the beginning of next season as well. And it was a big blow. It, I, I just turned the TV off after it happened. I couldn't watch any more baseball the rest of the night. I just hated to see it for him, hated it for the Braves. And just a, a rough thing to happen. You can't. You know, just kind of one of those freak things. Nothing you can really do about it. Braves will, will press on, but somebody's going to have to step up. And we saw Newcomb, you know, have a little bit better start this week. Uh, Tukey had a, a great start uh, tonight. We're recording on Thursday night like we normally do, and, and Tukey was uh, outstanding. So those are definitely encouraging signs. But uh, somebody in the rotation is going to have to step up with Soroka down. Freed was obviously um, good the day after Soroka. Uh, the Soroka injury, and you know we expect him, you know, to kind of lead the rotation now. But Alan, I'll go to you first. What are kind of your overall thoughts on the the injury and where the Braves kind of go from here? Well, where they go from here is really going to be up in the air. But let let me start with uh, an observation I heard from a, a friend of mine that um, the previous start that Mike had. There was a couple instances where he threw a pitch and sort of slipped on the mound a little bit. And I don't know, I have no information about whether that's relevant to what happened in the uh, in the injury start, but I got to wonder if there might have been some sort of change to the mound that was made for him, or maybe a different length spike, or something like that that might have caught and then uh, helped pop that Achilles. It's, it's speculation on my part, it, it could be totally out of left field, but uh, I, I can't get over the, the coincidental events that happened there between the, the last start and the prior start. We've seen Achilles injuries before out of Braves pitchers, Jason Grilly, Tim Hudson, and normally, well, I don't know about normally, but we've seen these on older guys. We haven't seen it on a young guy. I, I'm Sure, it's happened here and there uh, in the majors, but uh, the fact that we've seen it here on on Mike 
at, at his age is really surprising to me. And I also want to wonder if maybe it has something to do with the change in the way that preparations were made for this season, uh, whether it had to do something with uh, I don't know, conditioning, running, the fact that he's not hitting and running anymore with this uh, universal DH. There's all kinds of ways we can go with the speculation, and I. The bottom line is, I I really just do feel for the kid because he was really breaking out into his own, going toe to toe with the great pitchers around the league, and and being the leader of the staff. I just hope he can get back to full strength because uh, these are tricky injuries, these are difficult injuries to deal with, and whether he gets back to full strength is is going to be something that we got to watch and pray for over the next year. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, you know, obviously just a little bit of speculation in there. And uh, Well, there's a lot of speculation. <laughs> well, well, I'm just pointing out, too. I mean, Mike's never or I want to say never, but he, he's had his struggles in that ballpark um, for sure. And even before he got hurt, you know, he wasn't, you know, his he wasn't command wasn't there like it normally was the other night. You know, again, it's pure speculation. I, I don't know if anything was going on or not, but. Yeah, either way, it, it really hurts, and you hate to see it for Mike. Um, but Fred, what was your uh, reaction to it? Well, I don't, I don't think there was anything leaked. I mean, his control was really good the game before. All night that the 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 game that he got injured, he was not quite in a groove. He never really found his groove. The ankle went on the turn and pivot to first base, and that's the way. Most of these Achilles things go, unless you're Ryan Howard and you're trying to run. Most of these things go because when they, the, the pitcher does a hard pivot and then presses off with that with that landing foot to go to first base, and that's exactly what happened to Mike. And I, my tend to believe this just happens to people sometimes. It's just one of those coincidental things. Now, what they're going to do for him is they're they're hoping that uh, these these pitchers step up. Newcomb did okay against a very aggressive ball club. Tukey was really good tonight. Newcomb threw 90 pitches in four and a third. Uh, and if it had been a, a more patient ball club, he might not have been there that long. But I'm glad that he hung out. I'm glad that he did his thing. He threw some really nice stuff early on. And then he sort of drifted away from it. Tukey was really good tonight. We're going to see Kyle Wright tomorrow. We're going to see what he does. I was thinking we might see Matt Zick on Saturday. But he pitches tonight. Uh, I don't see him pitching tonight and then turning around and opening the game on Saturday now. So I don't really know who that's going to be, but I, you know, I really, I really think they have to push hard and try to find the, find somebody with some experience to stick in the, in the rotation to give Freed somebody to lean on that. He doesn't have to think he has to go out there and pitch every game to, to win every game because you can't do that. You've got to just pitch who you are and be who you are. And I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know if anybody's going to make any trades. This this whole season is a roll of the dice, and you never know who's going to be available, who's going to be in it. The Marlins are five and one. Who, you know, if I asked you last week, nobody did believe that. Uh, the, the the Diamondbacks stink right now, but a six game winning streak, and they're back in this. So you, it, there's just no telling who's really going to be out of it. Boston's out of it. Um, uh, Seattle's probably out of it too. Um, but you know, Detroit's even in now. So who's going to be trading? What are they going to be trading? And is it going to be worth giving something up for? And we know that uh, Alex Anthopoulos is not going to give up the form farm for a one shot at a, out of a 16 team postseason, uh, with, which makes the odds even longer. So 
I, you know, I just, we need the guys that are in the in-house to step up. If Tukey, can, Tukey and, and Newcomb and Wright can pitch us number threes, we're in business, really. I mean, you've, you've got three number threes and, and Reed, you're in, uh, Reed, you're in great shape. Uh, but uh, we're just hoping and praying that happens all the time. I, there's not really an answer until we get closer to the deadline, which is all of, what, uh, four, 18 days away now, something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Um, and, yeah, you know, as we record this on Thursday, we don't know who's going to start on Saturday. Uh, like you said, I thought maybe Matzik would be an option. Um, but with him pitching tonight, that's probably not the case. Uh, I think the other possibilities are Bryce Wilson and Josh Tomlin. Uh, just looking kind of externally as well, because, you know, the trade deadline is coming up at the, the end of this month. So they really just do have a couple of weeks to kind of figure out, you know, who's who's in it and then who's, you know, what players are available. And, you know, are they going to be willing to give up anything for this season? You know, and I kind of wrote the other day, what what value do you have in this 2020 season? I mean, to me, it's a season that's always going to have an asterisk to it. But if, if the Braves win it, I'll obviously be excited. But, you know, still, I'm not willing to give up anything significant for a month and a, and a season that may not get get completed anyway. So, Alan, I mean, what are your kind of thoughts on the Braves, you know, possibly making a trade? Are there any names out there you think might be available that would interest you well, is it right, worth it yeah, right, well i think it's worth it because 16 teams aside you're going to have uh, essentially the 500 and less teams that are the that are sneaking in and the braves are going to be doing a lot better than that i, I don't think it's a uh, as challenging as it sounds really i i think that they should be able to get through the first round without uh, too much trouble so long as they got an extra pitcher yeah, we've got today's the sixth, so we've got 25 days to the uh, the deadline. I want to know if Cole Hamels is going to pitch. I I don't need him to pitch necessarily on September 1st. I need him to pitch on September 20th and pitch somewhat effectively. And he doesn't even have to be 100%. If he's 85, 90% and can give us innings. Great. That that's all we need out of him, and that would give us at least a one-two with with Freed, and then we could patch from there. If we need a third guy, which I normally like to see in the playoffs, then I kind of hope that the Texas Rangers continue to tank. They're three and eight as we uh, do this, and they've lost three in a row, and and they're in the bottom of the AL West and not looking like there's any uh, hope there right now. They've got Lance Lynn, who's got one more year on a deal. They've got Mike Bounder, who's a uh, rental project. Minor might be an option there, but um, those, those are two names that come to, to mind right away. As far as the rest of them, Kansas city, do you want Danny Duffy? I don't know. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I so raising that as a, uh, non-rhetorical question i guess but uh fred you're all over uh musgrove from pittsburgh i'll, I'll let you talk to him I'll talk about him but uh those are the ones right now that sort of stand out i don't think that arizona is going to be that bad for the rest of the year but are they going to be able to get back in the race that's a little dicey so those are the teams right now that uh, seem to have a little bit to offer in terms of pitching but it's going to be a challenge because everybody needs pitching and it's going to be one of these beauty contests. You're going to have to offer something that teams want. 
and it's not going to be necessarily your best guys even that that win the day. Uh, the Braves have certainly made offers in the past and and not gotten them accepted because somebody offered something else that uh, was wanted. So you, you never know. It's not going to be about effort uh, on Alex Anthopoulos' part. It's going to be a lot more about what the uh, trade partner wants. Yeah, and um, something to keep in mind, too, is uh, I believe with this year, you can only trade players that are on your 60-man player pool as well. So you have to keep that in mind when thinking about trade possibilities. And <laughs> and you bring up Cole Hamels, and I'll be completely honest, I, I forgot all about Cole Hamels. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that Most was, you of know, have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if he comes back in early September and is effective, as you say, and, you know, Free continues to pitch the way he is, then, you know, perhaps – uh, the Braves have a, a better outlook in the postseason than, um, than what I'm thinking now without Soroka. But that's just a big question mark and not something I'm counting on at the moment. But Fred, your your thoughts on kind of the trade deadline, how the Braves might navigate it and anybody that you think might be available? Well, this might be <clears throat> the last time I heard Hamill still hadn't thrown off the mound. He might come back, but where's he go? How many? how long is he going to be able to go two, three innings? I, in postseason, that almost makes him a reliever. I mean, honestly, that's that's mostly like, uh, you know, he, he, a, an opener at best, and I don't think that works. On the trade side, Musgrove's, Musgrove's a guy, okay? Musgrove's been really good playing pitching for a really bad team over the past years. Whether you have, what you get have to get from him for the Pirates, I don't know. I suspect they would want a good price for him. I like Lance Lynn a lot better than I like Mike Miner because I have this thing about pitchers going home again. I don't think that necessarily works off very often. Particularly, I think Miner's got this thing in his head about the way the Braves treated him when he was hurt and when he was coming up through the system and making him do things. I just think he doesn't want to come back to Atlanta. And I think that if and John Daniels, he get along really well. I know, I'm not saying Daniels wouldn't trade him to us. I'm not saying he wouldn't come to us and do a good job, but I'd rather have a happy pitcher, and I don't think he would be. I could be wrong. I like Lynn. Uh, I think the Rockies <clears throat> I think the Rockies going to kick, kick Diamondbacks, but I wouldn't have said this. Ten days ago, I said, you know, the Diamondbacks are in this, but I've been watching, and they aren't, they aren't good. Uh, they just aren't good. And so I think Robbie Ray is going to be available, but again, you're going to have teams bidding for him and that's going to bid the price up. So it's going to have to be something you want to give. And what are you willing to give for a Robbie Ray as a rental or a Lance Lynn? Lynn's got a good year coming after him, and he's been lights out uh, in Texas. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's Tyon Walker and in, in playing for Seattle, and I don't think Seattle are going to be in it either. You've got Samarja in, in San Francisco. Uh, I think at this point, I think Samarja is probably a bullpen guy, a back-of-the-rotation guy, or a bullpen guy, but he strikes a lot of people out. I don't know. You know, If he gets on a run, he's a streaky kind of pitcher. He's maybe available. Uh, but uh, that's really – I mean, there's not really much available until we know who's not in this. And then you look around and you say, well, uh, there's not much out there, even if for the ones who aren't going to be in this. So there's going to be a, a – it's going to be a seller's market. It's going to be a question of – they want this guy, whether it's a Contreras or it's a, a right or it's a package of a couple of guys that we feel are expendable uh, based upon what we have in the system. You know, I could see us getting rid of a catcher. We've got three. 
the coming up. If we keep, if we hold on to two of them, we're probably in good shape. Um, we've got some pitchers that we could probably move on from. So I don't know what what they're going to do, but uh, I I think they're going to have to make a trade to win this. I, and I'm not sure that there's one available to be made. Yeah, that's kind of the way I'm thinking. I don't think there's anybody that's going to make an impact. Obviously, nobody's going to replace Soroka. You know, and, and if there is somebody available, are you willing to give it up in hopes that you win a, a World Series in a, a weird 2020 season that could be canceled at any moment and you give up something significant for it? So it's going to be an interesting trade deadline for sure. Um, uh, it'll be exciting to watch and, and fun to see, but uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of blockbuster moves happening uh, this trade deadline. Kind of moving away from the injury news and all of that, and you know, just looking at the field of play, the Braves have played pretty well of late, uh, depending on the outcome of, of this game. You know, they've had a great, a great homestand, won three or four against the Mets. So, I mean, the Braves are playing good baseball despite the injuries and despite a lot of their, their hitters not hitting well. Freddie not hitting well, Ozzy not hitting well. Um, Ronald's really started to pick it up here lately. Dansby and, and Ozuna have really been the only ones that have been hitting. Uh, and we didn't, I didn't mention it, but you know, Ozzy also uh, went on the injured list as well. And, and that'll be a, a big blow, but hopefully that wrist gets healed up and he'll come back healthy. Cause he was, he didn't look good to start the season, but Fred, what are just your, your overall thoughts? I guess it's kind of switch, switching gears and look to the offensive side of things. The Braves' runs are there. When they get hits, they're they're big hits. I think they lead the league or are second in extra base hits. But uh, you look at the the numbers, averages, and, and OPS wise, the, the stats really aren't there for the Braves' hitters. No, they're not. And the lineup got better when they moved Dansby to the top of it because he's hitting. But then Freddie behind him wasn't. And it's it, it's it's one of these things where Freddie may run into something. He ran into that homer tonight. But he didn't really get all of that. I mean, it, it, it scraped over the wall. It wasn't scorched by any means. Maybe that'll bring him around. Uh, he got that to off the off the end of the bat uh, line drive that got by Gary in left field. But uh, the lineup has been too inconsistent. Riley hasn't hit his weight. Camargo may be hitting his weight, but he's he has a bat where he looks he's completely lost. Ender isn't hitting. Marcakis is doing what Marcakis does now that he's first at bats back, and I'm not bad talking Marcakis for all everybody who loves Nick. I love Nick, but I want him to be a coach, mentor, bench, rah rah guy. I don't want to see him in the field very often, but I have a feeling we're going to see this lineup again more than we're going to see anything else because Ender isn't hitting. Duvall's been good, and I think he continues to play because of that. I think Snicker's going to play hot hand. I'm worried about Ozzy's wrist. Wrists are very problematic for hitters. Uh, you talk to Mark DeRosa, you talk to Freddie Freeman, you talk to Mark Teixeira. Wrists r- almost ruined seasons for them. And he, Ozzy started the season with a sore wrist that's been bugging him for two weeks. So he was sore wrist coming into the season. They played him anyway, got sore. What a surprise. And now he's out for at least 10 days. Hetcheveria hasn't hit because he hasn't had many at-bats. I don't know. I don't know. that. I think that you know, the team looks streaky, looks really good. When it gets pitchers who make a couple of mistakes and let, let them get their tails up, but against the best, 
And that's what you're going to see in postseason against the DeGroms and the Scherzers and, and the, uh, the Kershaws. Those guys, you need to hit. You need to be hitters. You can't be lucky. And right now we're having a lot of lucky, and we're not having much really good. Like you said, Swanson, Ozuna, uh, Duvall, uh, Ronnie's waking up. And the rest of them are, hey, let's hit do and Darno when he's in the game, which he should be more often instead of Chubby. I mean, Tyler behind the plate. It's, it's just you got to play the people who are hitting and not play the ones who aren't, no matter how much we like them. I just don't know whether it's enough. Yeah, I was looking at the, the OPS numbers for the Braves and the top three are Adam Duvall, Tyler Flowers and Travis Darno. So uh, things, you know, this, despite how well the Braves have played in the games they've won, there's Certainly, you know, cause for concern on the offensive side. Uh, the strikeouts specifically, um, you know, to me are, are frustrating. You don't notice them when put up, you know, five plus runs and you still strike out 10 plus times a game. But when you don't score those runs and you look and you're striking out 10 to 15 times as the Braves have done quite often, uh, it, it's quite uh, frustrating as a fan to watch and, and really just not good baseball, in my opinion. But, Alan, what, what's your thoughts on the Braves' offense to the first couple of weeks? Well, everybody keeps saying the pitchers are ahead of the hitters. I, I heard tonight strikeouts are at epic pace, so that would be one evidence of it. But also, homers are up and run scoring is up, which means that people are trying to go bombs away all the time. And I don't know if that's the case with Atlanta specifically or not, but it seems to sort of ring true a little bit. The the I mean... <sighs> Um, the team is eight and five as we sit here right now, and none of the big hitters are hitting. So I suppose we should be happy, hoping that uh, maybe after a couple more weeks, some of these guys get uh, to hitting. I mean, if consider if we add at the trade deadline hitters like Freeman, Acuna, and Albies to a lineup that's already uh, scoring a lot of runs or, or enough runs and, and winning these games. That's effectively what I'm hoping for. Uh, if, if that happens, then we don't care about the pitching so much. But so far, that hasn't been the case, and I don't know what's going to change, what's going to have to change to get it done. All that said, the Braves are coming towards the end of the – we've got one more week, but they're coming towards the end of their 20 games in a row stretch that is – the beginning of their season after that i think they're off for like every five out of six thursdays for the rest of the time and and stuff like that so they're going to get plenty of rest on top of that their september schedule is pretty soft they just have to get weather the storm through about mid-august another week or so here and then they can start seeing a little light at the end of the tunnel get some rest get some better opponents and if they can hang on uh, that far another week, then they should be able to cruise and put this uh, division on ice, even if they aren't hitting, even if they aren't pitching, uh, because they're going to have enough to, to make it work. The trick is, of course, getting everything ready for the postseason, like Fred suggested, because they didn't hit very well against DeGrom. They're not going to – they traditionally don't hit very well against good pitching, but, I mean, that's that's what good pitching is all about, right? So they've got to be able to just have the discipline to, to do the right things and, and not go for the fences, get some runs manufactured, get some, some hitting for average going, and above all things, protect the plate with two strikes, please. 
Yeah, it's one of those things that, again, I, I keep using the word frustrating, but it is frustrating. I mean, tonight the Braves had Freddie at third with one out or no outs. No, no outs. No outs. Yeah. yeah. And Ozuna, I forget what he does, and, and he gets out but doesn't bring him in. And then Mark uh, Marcus after Chip Carey, talks him up so much about how he always comes through in these situations. And then Marcus gets blown away with a fastball, which, you know, the guy has been sitting at home for the past month, but um, they don't bring that run in in the next inning. I think it was that the Blue Jays came back and tied it up. So, you know, it's stuff like that. You, you got to be able to put the ball in play and manufacture those runs. Um, and, and they did it earlier in the game. I think, uh, you know, Azuna got to second with nobody out and, and he got moved over to third and then Duvall, uh, brought him in on a sack fly, uh, but you just got to be more consistent with that kind of things if you're gonna swing and miss as much as the Braves do right now. But uh, Alan, I think you're right. I think the next next couple of weeks are going to be very important for the Braves, uh, specifically. You know, I think the rest of this week and next week with them going on the road, uh, finishing off this 20 game stretch to start the season. They got four against the Phillies, who just took down the the Yankees, and then they got to go to New York to play the Yankees twice. So, you know, finishing out this 20 game stretch uh, is going to be quite challenged, I think. But if they come through it, you know, with a three games above 500, uh, kind of like they are now, you know, I think they can consider that a win. And then they they still they got three with the Marlins, who are the they're kind of their the competition in the East right now, but then they finished the month uh, with the Nationals, the the Phillies six times and the Yankees two more times. So, you know, the rest of this August schedule is going to be pretty tough, but like you say, if they can weather that their September um, looks a lot easier. And, and like you say, hopefully at that point we're, we're getting Hamels back. Perhaps a Anthopolis makes a trade to get a, somebody else in the rotation. But yeah, I think the next couple of weeks here will, will be pretty big. And by the way, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna differ with you a little bit on the trade deadline. I think there are going to be deals that are are made here because I do think that teams are going to recognize that flags fly forever, and if they've got an opportunity, they're going to try and make the 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 deal to make that happen for themselves. Well, so I, think I, be I, trades. Don't think it's I just be don't quiet. think there'll be any blockbuster trades. I don't think anybody's given up any good prospects or really any good players with a lot of. Uh, years left I think it'll mostly be rental players or maybe somebody with another year I I just don't think I don't see anybody giving up any any real prospects well there isn't a Verlander or a Grinke or a guy like that that it's really available this year I can't see that anywhere up and down baseball You, you might have these guys that are controllable I hope that uh kind of get dealt Musgrove would be good I would not be terribly surprised if Matt Boyd got dealt somewhere. I don't know that I want him in Atlanta necessarily anymore, but guys like that. So it, it's going to be guys that are be maybe a little longer term that would justify the price. But I, I do think it's going to be busy. I, I really do. Now, what the prices are going to be, that's going to be an interesting question. Yeah. I, I think, I think we've got to, you know, I said this earlier when we were, before we started, but, I don't. I think our third baseman's got a hit, and I and and I watched Riley, and he everybody said, oh he hit those home runs, but yeah he's he's struck out 13 times and he has four hits and 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 he's looked he's taken his walks I'll give him that he's not diving after that slider anymore, but he's hitting cookies, he's not hitting good pitches, and and to me he just he doesn't look like he's 
made the step, made the step forward. I, I don't know what you guys think. I, I we haven't I haven't talked about this specifically to f- get your feelings on it, but that I think that's why Camargo's playing because he's made better contact. But I, I'm not sure that either one of them are going to be enough. I mean, they both defensively they're fine, but I don't think either one of them is going to be enough. And and that leaves a hole wherever they play in the lineup at the bottom. And if you've got if you've got one of those two in there in flowers, in spite of his lofty OPS and what six at bats, that's <laughs> at the bottom of the lineup is then two men short. And you've, whoever plays third base has got a hit, and I'm not sure either one of them is going to do it. I don't know what you think about Riley Allen. I don't. I don't know. But that's what that's my feelings on the thing. Well, I'll tell you what I think is that number one, I I like his approach to the plate a lot better than I did last year. He's spitting on some things that he shouldn't be swinging at at least a lot more. Now. Yeah. He's not hitting good pitches. He's not hitting DeGrom's fastball. He's not hitting guys like that. He is hitting mistakes still, but I do see an, an improvement on the approach. Now for this year, that's a problem because he still, we still need the offense and that's, it's exactly what's lacking here. So the Braves can't really afford to wait him out to to develop that hitting uh, of good pitches and develop his eye this year, and that's unfortunate. I w- wish we did have a 162-game season so that we could see him do more there. I think his defense is outstanding. It's 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 really impressed me. I said that last week. But I in, in terms of the, the offense – it's, I just wish he had more time and right now he just doesn't. And I, I still believe in him. And if I, if the Braves end up dealing him, I'm going to be really crushed because I think he could be a, a long-term answer at third base, but realities are what they are. And, and if you need to make a change then sometimes you have to make decisions like that. So I, I think I'm higher on him than you are a little bit, but, uh, I, I don't know that we're going to be able to see that this, this season. Yeah. And I, I kind of agree more with what Alan's saying here. I've liked what I've seen from, from Riley so far, even though the results haven't necessarily been there, but also like Alan's saying I, in a short season like this, you don't have the time for, for Riley to, to kind of figure it out. I think he's made some good adjustments. He's had some better, much better approach at the plate, but you got to have results. And I don't think it helps either with him getting a start and then being off the next day and, and going back and forth like that. You would ideally like to just run him out there and let him get let him get several at bats, play several games in a row, and see what happens. But in a short season like this, you know, you got like you say, you got to oh, ride. Oh, it game. happened! Oh, it happened! Guess what's about to hit on your screen, guys? Nick Markakis home run. Nick Markakis walk off. Oh. <laughs> Oh my Lord, wow. have mercy! Uh, they're going to give him sainthood. Oh, he is now so being sainted. He's going to be mayor of Atlanta tomorrow this morning. This is what a walk-off looks like now in the COVID era. <laughs> well, I saw Ozuna line out, and then Cakes walked up. There wasn't much else that could happen that would make you do that. Oh <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad to do it. I'm, I, I want him. I want him to hit. I want him to hit like he's never hit before. Praise Nick, the Lord, pass the ammunition. We're trying to win this thing. <laughs> Nick's, wow. Nick's back paddywhack. <laughs> Look at the social distancing celebration here. This is awkward. <laughs> I like I like him waving at him. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Did he smile? I don't even think he cracked a smile there. Mark Akes doesn't smile. He has, every, every now and then he flinches a little bit. It looks like a smile. 
but he's not really going to smile like that because, you know, that's not professional. That practically went to the chop house. Wow. It was Wilmer Font, and Wilmer Font's been giving, a, giving him up all year. And he's got a 27 ERA coming into the inning. Yeah, but this is a guy who's been sitting down for a month. I know, and, 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 <laughs> and, and I'm happy with that he did it. I'm you know, very smiling. He did smile. He did smile. I, I give it up. He did smile. Maybe because oh. Freddie was yelling something at him, but he, he did smile. Uh, so that's, so that's uh, eight, eight and two homestand. Is that right? Um, yeah, something. That's um, good. That's real good. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll take that. Take that every day. Especially take that when the win series. Like Tampa Bobby used to Toronto say, win the series, win the series, win the series. Tampa, Toronto, and the Mets were all involved. That's 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 a good series. Yeah. So and what were you we, saying? Yeah. <laughs> when, we go play really Buffalo, when do we go play the Buffalo Blue Jays again? That's fun. Yeah, do we play them again? I think that's it for, for Toronto. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, that's it for or oh, Buffalo. Yeah, it was, four, was it four games? Yeah, it's four games. So that's it. Yeah. Well, it was just three, but some teams you're in the East, you're in the AL East, you're only playing three times and some you're playing four. We're playing the Yankees four times, yeah. obviously. And I think the I think the Nationals played the Orioles like six times. So, anyways, yeah. that uh, goes to the unevenness and craziness. Speaking of the Nationals, did you see Por- uh, did you see uh, Porcello uh, Porcello uh, take he, the uh, take the Nationals apart? Yeah, that was surprising considering he, what he, the Braves did to him. He's gone back to his old pitching style. He's no more doing what that four-seam thing. He's, he's doing that sinker slider. Hey, look at this. I'm painting again. And he just dismantled them. It was a masterpiece, really. I hope some scouts have been watching that to see uh, what they can do about it next time we see him, because we'll see him again, probably. Well, I mean, interesting enough, we only have three games left with the Mets, because we've already played them seven times. So <laughs> uh, we only have three left with them at the end of September. They'll figure a way for the ground to pitch two of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. You were counting on the Mets being out of it by then. <laughs> right. All right. Well, uh, I think that kind of just ra- wraps it up. Uh, the only kind of national news or, or MLB news for the week was that uh, rosters got cut today, um, Thursday to 28, um, and they're going to stay at 28 for the remainder of the season, which makes a lot of sp- a sense, especially with all these double headers that teams are going to try to get in. And the taxi squad uh, was increased from three to five players. So I think that was the only significant news. Uh, the other thing was that they, they have scheduled all of the, the games that were canceled. So um, there are dates and times for everyone to get all their games in this year and cross your fingers that everything goes as, as planned. And I, I don't know about you guys. I, I think players have really started to, take this a lot more serious lately it, it seems um after with the outbreak with the marlins and, and cardinals um and maybe it was a un- unfortunate wake-up call that they may have needed to kind of take this a little more serious and uh, i don't know about the games that you guys watch but i, I see players uh, being much more conscious about uh, keeping their distance wearing masks and dugouts and all that yeah, I, the, even if they don't, uh, MLB is uh, really cracking down too. They they want this thing to get to the playoffs desperately, and they're obviously taking steps to try and make sure that they don't leave it up to the players. Really, I, I'll still say that the best thing that I've seen in terms of uh, dugout celebrations came from the Phillies, and that's their pantomime uh, celebration where they uh, uh, do hand sanitizers. Eh. <laughs> Uh, the thing, the MLB sent out a new list of requirements. They have to wear uh, the the K5 
or the, uh, the K95 masks on the planes. They can't wear cloth masks. Uh, they have to be separated. They can't leave their they can't leave their hotel at all. There's a new list of stuff that went out to the players this week that basically is what they should have done in the first place. But they trust them to be adults. And they forget that these are big kids playing a game. So, but now they've got them. They've got them clamped down pretty tight. And I think maybe, hopefully, knock on wood, that this this is cardinal thing is the last of the bunch. Yeah, because man. they've got they've got them reined in pretty tight. And as Alan said, they're going to fall on them from a great height if somebody does something else again. And the, and the owners know this. Somebody's going to bite the bullet if it happens again. Uh, and so I, I'm with uh, with Jake. I think they're going to get them in. I think you're going to have a bunch of tired tired Phillies playing 50, 56 games in 54 days. Yes. But uh, they are going to get them all in. Yeah, and the, the real trick will become playoff time. They really can't afford a uh, delay then. Yeah, I was listening to another podcast today. I forget which one it was, but talking about the possibility of maybe doing a bubble for the postseason, uh, maybe a bubble for the National League, American League. And I think that makes a lot of sense and something maybe they, they should consider. But that, I've, heard that, they, I've heard that too. They, they, they've been talking about that maybe two or three cities to do those. And I think yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you don't want to move them around a lot. No, right. and you can't have these three, six days off if a team had an outbreak. You just can't do that in the postseason. So Exactly. I think maybe that that's something that will get developed over the next month and a half because that's all we got left in the season. Um, <laughs> so things are <laughs> things are flying by, but it's it's fun. Um, other than other than the the Monday night, I think it was when Soroka got hurt. I, I've enjoyed watching baseball, you know, every night because it is it is flying by. But it, it's great to have something to watch during this this quarantine that we're all still uh, dealing with. But um, any other comments from you guys before we get out of here? I think that was everything we had to talk about. I'm good. Me. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here then. And uh, again, we always appreciate everybody uh, listening to the, the podcast. Make sure that you check us out at the site at tomahawktake.com. Uh, and we'll talk to you again next week. This physically distanced walk-off version of the Tomahawk Take podcast is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are hours and hours alone, all rights reserved. Some of the musical selections used today come to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This is a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Batty McFadden. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other selections used come via rights purchased by tomahawktake.com. Hey, thanks for listening, and may your podcast be as spontaneous as this one. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.